The choir just shared this wonderful phrase and song about, God, you said it, and I believe it. So here's my question to us this morning. We know a lot about the Bible. We know a lot about God's promises. We know about God's power, but there are moments in our life when we go through something, a time period, a sickness, a financial disaster, whatever it may be, and we pray and we pray and we say, God, I believe. I believe you can. I believe you will. And we wait and we wait and we wait and we begin to doubt. And that's very, very common. So three weeks ago, I shared with you something that I have been praying for for some time. It's been over two years. I would probably say that I've been praying for this, I don't know, five or six years. It's been a long prayer, and it's been a regular prayer. Rhonda knows about it. She and I have been praying together, and I've been tempted to share it with you, but I haven't. But today, God wants me to share it with you, so I'm going to share it with you. So herein is what I want you to, there's so much, but I'm trying to Keep it short, simple, and to the point. Does that make any sense? I hope so. This past Friday, Ron and I, as we do every day, we, we, we read Scripture. We read what Becky puts in the newsletter. We read from Nehemiah 5. I've read Nehemiah many times. And then there are moments in my life, and I hope in your life, when you read something, it, th- there's something different that jumps out. And this verse jumped out at me. And, and I've not really been able to get it off my mind a little bit, but it's Nehemiah 5, the last verse. It says, Remember, O oh my God, all that I've done for these people, and bless me for it. And I thought, whoa, Nehemiah sounds a little uh, over the top. You're saying, I have served you, and I'm asking you, God, to bless me for it. It seemed selfish to me when I first read it. So I pondered on it later that day and throughout the day and even through the weekend. And and here's what, what I came to understand from that verse. God said, basically, that, and this is all of Scripture, for those of us who love Him and those of us who are trying to please Him, the thing that we really strive for and want when we meet God face to face, is for God to say, well done, good and faithful servant. And you see, that is the ultimate blessing. And I believe what Nehemiah was saying was, God, I have done all that I have done for you because my heart was broken, that the walls of Jerusalem were broken, the temple had been destroyed, and you laid it on my heart to go back and, and rebuild those walls. And I'm asking you, God, to bless me. I want you to look at me and say, well done, good and faithful servant. And so as I I read that and pondered and, and even this morning reflecting on the message from Luke chapter 18 and talking about persistent prayer and the waiting that we go through so many times, this is what I want to share with you. It's been over two years, at least two years, that I have prayed specifically that God would allow me to be a full-time pastor. Now, for many of you that don't know my story, and I met a pastor earlier this week or last week at a funeral after it was over, 
And he and I were talking, and I shared my story with him, and he said, I never knew that about you. So for those of you that don't know, God called me to preach when I was 18 or 19 years old. I preached my first sermon. It was a whopping seven minutes long. I was later licensed. I was later ordained. My first church was a part-time youth and, yes, music minister. That was part-time. That was torturous for them and me. And then from there, I became a part-time youth pastor. And then I became a full-time pastor at a little bitty Baptist church in Dallas, Georgia. I stayed there a whopping two years. And then I went to my next church. I stayed there seven years in Cartersville, Georgia. And then during that time period, I received my doctorate of ministry degree. Highfalutin, my head got big. And I ended up in Orlando, Florida, where I pastored for 11 years. And then Ron and I, after a long prayer, I mean, I say a long period of prayer. We moved from there, and then we went into church planting. And I planted a church in Douglas County. We still live in the same house where we planted that church that closed about three years after we started it. And it was during that time that the church had closed that I found my way, after being an alarm salesman for nine months, that I found my way into uh, hospice ministry. And I've been serving as the hospice chaplain for some 14 years this July, and I've been your pastor for over 10 years bivocationally. So that is my ministry life story in about, what, two minutes or less. So I've been praying for that. I'm, I'm getting older. Not that I'm old. I'm not 90. I'm nowhere near 90. That's old. But I'm older than I used to be, and my energy levels aren't what they used to be, but I, I long for more. And that's not been a secret to some of you. Some of you are aware that I have been praying this prayer, and, and I've been praying for it persistently. And God has said, no, 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 not yet, not yet, not yet. Now, it's difficult to wait. It's difficult to wait. In fact, I find it very difficult to wait sometimes. And there are moments in all of our lives when we may want to help God along. Abraham, when he was called to leave the land of Ur and go to the promised land and start the nation of Israel, and that he and his wife Sarah would have this baby boy, Abraham waited for 25 years before Isaac was ever born. Can you imagine waiting 25 years for God to finally answer the prayer. 25 years. I think I might have given up a long time before that. So he waited. And along the way, guess what Abraham did do? He tried to help God along. He tried to help God figure out the plan, and it cost him. He paid a price. Then there was King David. He was maybe 10 or 12 years old when Samuel anointed him to be the future king of Israel. He became the king when he was 30 years old. That much we do know. But he waited himself a long 15 to 20 years before he became the king of Israel. And it cost him not only time, but a lot of heartache and a lot of trouble and a lot of running. Now, I'm sharing that with you to say this to you. Some of you may be worried. Some of you may be joyful. Some of you may be thinking, where's he going with this? Here's what I want you to listen, and this is what I want you to hear this morning. We all pray for something that, that God lays on our heart. 
We all pray for something that disturbs us or causes us some spiritual distress, some angst, some anxiety, and we pray for it and we, we long for it. And as the choir is saying, we put it at the feet of God and we say, God, I believe this to be true. I believe this to be possible. And I am waiting for you to answer this prayer. And we wait and we wait and we wait. And we grow weary of waiting. And there may be moments when we try to get ahead of God. There may be moments when we, when we want to help God along. And the reality is this, and this is what I want you to hear from this message this morning and from my own spiritual journey. When God wants you to do something, whatever that something is, or when he has a specific plan or purpose for you, and you are praying for this one thing, resist those temptations to get ahead of God, to manipulate the situation. Follow God and patiently wait for everything to unfold. Now that is very, very hard to do. So I'm being very transparent with you this morning. So some of you may have thought, what's he talking about three weeks ago? Now you know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and here's what I want you to think. Don't give up praying. Don't give up asking God. Don't give up on the dream God may be placing in your heart. Keep praying and pray persistently. Otherwise, you may miss out on God's best. So let's dive into this scripture. Luke 18, the first eight verses, and this is how it reads. Now, Jesus is speaking. Now, he told them a parable on the need for them to pray always and not give up. That's the point right there. That's the main deal right there. Jesus said to them, I want to teach you something very important. You need to always pray, always bow before God, and don't give up. Don't quit. So many of us quit praying, and we give up on God because we're tired of waiting. And God says you can't stop praying, nor can you give up. Then he says, here's a story I want to illustrate the point with. There was a judge in a certain town. Now, this was a, a true story. It may have been based on some truth because there's people like this in every generation. He says, so, there was a judge in a certain town who didn't fear God or respect people. And a widow in that town kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he was unwilling, but later he said to himself, Even though I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps pestering me, I will give her justice so that she doesn't wear me out by her persistent coming. Now, I love the story. I love the story because the story kind of paints this picture of this widowed woman who had been treated unjustly it doesn't matter what the injustice was but but this is what she did she came every day and she said to him I'm asking for justice I'm asking for justice he said get out of my court and she'd come back and she did it day after day after day and he finally said you know I don't fear God I don't fear people I really don't care but she is bugging the living stew out of me because she is bugging the living stew out of me I'm going to give her what she wants just to get her off my back now listen carefully 
God and Jesus in this prayer, he was not saying that when we persistently pray and routinely, or not routinely, regularly come and pray to him, we are not bugging God. That is not the point of the parable. So you don't bug God if you come with the same request day in, day in, and day out, and day in, and day out, day after day after day. You're not bugging God. You're not getting on his nerves. Nor are you going to twist the arm of God by your persistent prayer. That's not the point of the parable. The point of the parable is Jesus said, I want you to pray always and never give up. Don't quit. Keep praying. Verse number 6. The Lord then said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. So here's, here's Jesus explaining in a little more detail what we need to learn from praying persistently. He says, Will not God, will not God grant justice to his elect who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay in helping them? I'm going to pause there for just a moment. This, this is a direct reference to the goodness of God, the whole character of God. So here's what we don't often understand. When we pray for something daily, day, I mean, we just keep coming at God with it, and we keep waiting, and we keep waiting, and we keep saying, God, I've read the promises, and I know you want this to happen. I'm believing it will happen. I'm claiming it will happen. And as each day passes, and you see no change, little change, the same thing. You can get discouraged. And you may even say, God, you must not really care. There must be no justice. There must be no compassion. There must be no goodness. You really don't care about me. And those are lies from the devil. Those are lies straight from the pit of hell itself. And so he says to us, God wants you to know that he is good to us, and he will respond to us. Now, I want you to pause in your mind for just a moment, because I'm going to address it in a little bit. Why then doesn't God answer the prayer sooner? Well, there's a reason for that sometimes, but I'm, I want you to hang on to it. I'm going to come to it in a minute. Then he says in the next verse, verse 8, I tell you that God will swiftly grant them justice. All right, you see, we read that, and we read that word swiftly. When we think swiftly, we think now. I'm going to pray, and I'm going to lay it at the foot of God, at the altar of heaven itself, and I'm going to say, God, this is my prayer. And we say, God's going to answer it swiftly, and he's going to Give me what I'm praying for. And when it doesn't happen, we may think, God's just not going to bless me. God's not going to open the doors and the gates of heaven and pour his blessings out in this because he said he would do it swiftly. And a week passed, a month passed, months passed, years pass, And you think, oh, that's not very swift. That's not very swift. I, to me, swift means right now. Or maybe the next day right now. Why do I have to pray for something day after day after day after day or year after year after year? Abraham, 25 years he waited. And David, some 
maybe 20 years he waited. And these are not the only ones that waited a long time. So God's blessings will always come in God's perfect timing. See, what we don't often see and what we don't often understand as we are laying our burden before God, what we don't often see is this. God is orchestrating a whole bunch of other things in a whole bunch of other people's lives to bring about the request you just laid at the altar. And God has perfectly timed it all out for everything to come together at the perfect time. And the journey of faith is indeed a journey of faith. And the last thing from that I, I need to finish reading it, uh, verse 8. He says, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, and here's the question, will he find faith on earth? So when we pray for something, and we wait, and the answer doesn't come, when we pray for the blessing, when we pray for the miracle, when we pray for the hope to become reality, when we do that kind of praying, the last thing Jesus said is, will the Lord find faith? See, our faith is really key here. Do you really believe, as the choir sang, God is not only able, but God's doing it? And when God waits or delays, we just go, hmm, I'm going to be honest, my faith is not always very strong. Sometimes my faith wavers. There are times in my life when I, I don't always believe, and, and here's the way I twist it in my, my deranged little mind. I am not worthy of the blessing. Now, that's not necessarily true, is it? See, when we, when we pray, we say, others can get the blessing, but not, it's just not for me. And here's our struggle. We pray persistently, and Jesus says that we need to believe that he can and that he will. And we then say, well, maybe it wasn't his will. Here's what I want all of us to learn and how we can grow deeper in our, our desire to be persistent prayers. It's really a struggle of faith. It's really a struggle of do I believe that God can and do I believe that God will or do I believe that this is even the will of God? You see, persistent prayer probably, if anything, it will help you become more like Jesus. It will help your plans line up with God's plans. So what does this look like in a life like mine or yours? I think the first thing I want to share with you is this. We need to fight against something. We need to fight against the lies of the enemy, Satan. The devil, remember, John 10... Jesus said, I have come to give you life and give it to you abundantly. He said, the devil came to kill, steal, and destroy. The lies of, this, of the devil himself will speak and whisper in my ear, in your ear. You see, you're praying for something. You're praying for that. God just really isn't fair, is he? 
You see, God's not answering your prayer because God's not that fair after all. Or maybe God doesn't care that much about you. Or maybe God, not God, he will say, God doesn't think you're worthy or deserving. The list is endless. The lies that the devil, the enemy, will whisper in our ears. And we have to fight against those lies. And we fight against those lies by doing this one Two, excuse me, simple things. The old thing that I say all the time here, read Scripture and know Scripture. Because if you don't know what God says in the Old and the New Testament, if you don't know and understand the plan of God, then the lies become your reality. And we have to understand what Scripture says to us. What is God really saying in His Word? And how does my life measure up to what Scripture is saying? You have to know Scripture, and you have to keep praying and seeking God in everything. Now, maybe you are praying for something that isn't God's will. If that's the case, then God will reveal it to you in Scripture, and you'll quit praying for it, but your faith won't be destroyed because you'll say, you know what, I just read this in Scripture. This isn't what God really wanted me to be praying for anyway. Case solved, right? On some of those other vague things, or maybe other, like I said earlier, we can struggle with that. But there's no need to quit praying. There's no need to give up. You see, I believe with all of my heart, God does want Pleasant Ridge Baptist Church at some point in her future to have a full-time pastor. Why? To do the work that needs to be done to help you grow and reach more people in the community. I believe that to be true. Now, whether I'm the guy who will realize that dream or not, I have no idea. God may have sent me here to help prepare the way, meaning this building, an expanded fellowship hall, debt-free. I don't really know the answer to any of these questions, but I do know this. I am your pastor now, and I'll stay until God says go. Or maybe he calls me home. I don't know. I know at one point I will get too old. I know at one point my mind may go and I may be completely demented. I can't do it then for sure. But until then, I'm here and I'm going to keep and, and, and keep my hand to the plow and keep plowing. I want you to hear that. And so we fight against the lies. We keep asking. We keep seeking. We keep knocking. We just don't give up for whatever God's laying on our heart. So not only do we fight against the lies we also have to to focus on God's real blessing God's blessing all of us even when you may not feel God isn't blessing you God is blessing you even this morning Rhonda and I talked a little bit about this this meaning the sermon and um, you know and I was talking about my hospice journey and she said to me and I know this to be true God has used me, I know this, God has used me to touch the lives of literally thousands of people in West Georgia through a ministry of chaplaincy and hospice. I mean, and, and I, I can't, I receive cards occasionally from families that I've cared for, uh, and, and they've thanked me for what I've done for them and their family. 
There have been some who have been in, in the hospice world that I've cared for that had deconnected from their faith, and they, they got reconnected. I've been able to lead some to Christ. I've even baptized one of the patients that, that I cared for. I mean, there's so many blessings that God has given me through the hospice ministry, and I wonder sometimes, well, why would I pray to get out of that to be a full-time pastor? God's weird when he touches us on our shoulder. Is it God or is it me? You see, I'm just saying I am praying. I'm trying to share with you my own journey. I'm fighting against the lies, and I'm encouraging you to do the same, but I'm also saying we need to focus also on what God is doing in our life right now. While you're praying for the big thing that God keeps delaying the answer on. you got to focus on the real blessing. You know what the real blessing really is? It has little to do with you and your life. The real blessing is this. It is the power of Jesus in your life. That's really the real blessing. Was when you say, God, I am seeking you and I'm praying for this and I'm waiting and I'm praying and I'm waiting and I'm praying and I'm waiting and I'm praying and the answer is delayed and the fulfillment of the dream is yet to be realized. What you're, what you're experiencing is more of Jesus into your life. More of the power, more of the love, more of the grace, more growth. You, you're able to see so much more than you did when you first started praying the prayer. Why? Because you're reading Scripture, and you're taking Scripture, and you're putting it in your mind and your heart, and God is changing you to become more like Him. You see, when we focus on the real blessing, the power of Jesus in our life, we, we truly realize how awesome God really is. And we realize that we can pray the Lord's Prayer in a different way. Remember, I resisted everything but briefly shared last week a little bit about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, that we praise him, we honor him, and then your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. See, when we are praying and seeking God and we're praying these persistent prayers, we are saying literally, God, I want your will to be done, not my will. And God, if I'm the one that needs to change, then change me. And I want you to know you're not going to do it perfectly. I don't do it perfectly. Abraham did not do it perfectly. David did not do it perfectly. Peter did not do it perfectly. No other biblical character did it perfectly. None of you will ever do it perfectly. But as you continue to persistently pray and say, God, here it is. I'm laying it out. I'm burdened. I'm distraught. I'm questioning. I'm this whatever. You lay it out and you read the scripture. God's going to speak into you through his spirit. And you're going to experience his power. And you're going to be able to say, God, more than anything, I truly want your will to be done. It ain't about me. That's hard to do. Because when you've got a dream, a hope, an aspiration, or maybe even a call, when, when God called me to become a preacher, a pastor, I was 19 years of age, and I remember living in middle south Georgia. I'd get a call every now and then. And this, and then by this point, I'm, I'm at Bruton Parker College. Ron and I, we've met and, and then later married quickly. Well, we got married less than a year than we knew each other. And, and we did that because we wanted to, because God told us to. All right, that's enough of that. 
It's not because we had to. I don't want some of y'all to think, oh, my gosh, he had to get married. That's why he did it so quick. No, no, we did it because we, we believed it to be the plan of God. And so I'd get a call every now and then from a church that, that would need a preacher, and I would go and fill in. And I did that for one year, and then another year, and then another year, and then another year. And there was this one little church down in West Lawrence County that was looking for a pastor, and I'd kind of become their unofficial interim. And I was there every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, and, and they asked me, would you like to be our pastor? I said, well, I'd love to be your pastor. They voted. I wasn't their pastor. It was the last time I ever preached there. And I was devastated. I thought, man, God, you called me to be a preacher, and here was the chance. I waited for seven years after I preached my first sermon before I became a pastor. Seven years. That's God's perfect number, you know. Now, I didn't want to wait seven years, which is why I shared with you three weeks ago, remember I shared with you the number 14? This June, July, excuse me, will be my 14th anniversary in hospice. Two years ago, I looked and said, 14 years, I'm going to be a full-time pastor again. And God said, no, you're not. Well, I don't know if God said that, but I kind of left that dream at the, at the altar. Here's, here's what I want you to see. God is focusing me on the real blessing. I want you to focus on the real blessing, and that is Jesus in you. And you being able to say, not my will, but your will be done. Because God's timing is always perfect. Always perfect. Not long ago, something terrible happened. I mean, it was terrible. Went down to see my mom and dad. That was not the terrible thing. On the way back, it was dark, dark, very dark. And I, I don't know what happened. But in the car that I was driving, the company car for hospice, apparently I went too fast. And out of the blue, I saw the blue. And I thought to myself, well, that's weird. I wonder who he's after. I got over, he got over. I got over, he got over. And I got over one more time and stopped, and he got over too. I was not, and when he told me how fast I was going, I thought, there's no way that's true. Well, it didn't matter. I received the stupid tax and the blessing of stupidity because it happened. It bothered me. All my children, Dad, got a speeding ticket? Even Ronnie, you got a speeding ticket? Well, since then, if you get behind me, please know, I will not speed. If the speed limit says 35, I will go 35, maybe 36, accidentally. And there are people behind me since then that just don't like me. Now, I, I, I'm, I share that because... 
You see, when God begins to work in your life, he will change you. And we may have all of these ideas in our brain about what we need to do, but God knows we need to say, God, I need you to change me. So not only do we need to fight against all of the lies that would keep us from praying persistently, not only do we need to focus on the real blessing of God in us and us becoming more like Jesus, the final thing that I share with you is we need to learn to trust God. That is very hard to do. Because God is worthy of our worship. But we need to learn to trust Him. And that is perhaps the most difficult thing of the journey when we are praying for something persistently. Hebrews 11.6 says this, Without faith it is impossible to please God. We, we've heard that, many of us. Without faith it is impossible to please God. And then he added, You must believe He exists, which I do and I believe you do. And he rewards those who sincerely seek him. Hebrews eleven six. But it's not always easy to believe and trust God when the answer of a persistent prayer is either no, not now, or maybe later. And yet it's still on your heart, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep praying, and you keep, praying, and you keep waiting. Even if you wait like Abraham for 25 years or David for maybe 20 years and you keep praying and you keep waiting and you just keep wondering, God, why, why, why? When, when, when? And your faith is tested and you just wonder, am I missing something? And when those moments come, you get down on your knees and you just have to say, God, Protect my mind from the lies that are against Scripture. And help me, God, to focus on the presence of Jesus in my life. Help me to see and hear His voice. Help me to understand that His purpose is greater than my purpose, that His will is more important than my will. And help me to discern what the real truth is. God, help me to trust you while I wait. Help me to keep my hand on the plow and keep plowing and keep pressing on. Help me, God, not to give up. Help me to persist. That's what I'm encouraging you to do when you're praying for something that you long for, hope for, and you just keep waiting. Because someday, someday, God will answer your prayer. Maybe not in the way you first prayed for it, but in the best way. And if you persistently pray and you persistently do all of these things that I've been sharing, Scripture, prayer, yielding your will, your heart to God, if you persistently do all of that while praying and not give up, God will actually strengthen your faith. And you will see at the end that it was worth it. 